Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Living the Faith Podcast. Brought to you by Restoring the Faith Media. RestoringTheFaith.com This is the Living the Faith Show coming at you from the heart of America. Joe and Mike here in the Restoring the Faith studio. Joe, nobody thinks that Halloween is really a good idea. I mean, in their heart of hearts, nobody actually sit, or do they? I mean, who sits there and says, oh, Halloween, this is my favorite holiday? For some people it is. I mean, even including your neighbor who turns their, like... <laughs> Their house into like a freak show, the House of Horrors. I'm so glad that he doesn't subscribe to the channel, but yeah, no, yeah. it's true. When you... He might one day. He's an office police officer, and so that probably wouldn't be good for that ever to come out. Like he's right. a he's a good uh, good guy to have around. All of a sudden, I'm going to get speeding tickets. He's going to cite me for my cars being parked illegally in my own driveway. I'm sure if if you did that, you could probably cite him for something like disturbing the peace or something like that. With, with the giant the... ghosts that are yeah. hanging out of his house. I actually knew someone once in a professional environment who told me she no this she literally told me this she this is a vice president of investment banking okay this is somebody who is like pretty high up makes a lot of money went to a great school and she said i can't wait to have children because of halloween i can't wait to dress them up into uh, little costumes this is what she said she's also not a subscriber she's not a, she's definitely not a subscriber <laughs> Right. <laughs> uh, speaking so, of subscribing, uh, make sure to uh, click the subscribe button down there below uh, so you, you get immediately notified. Make sure to click the bell if you want to be immediately notified of new episodes that come out. Um, very important. Yeah. Helps us out. Click the bell. Absolutely. All right. So what's the history of this thing? I mean, everybody knows it's pagan, right? I mean, but I mean, what's going on with it? So there's there's some debate about that. But what is actually non-debatable? as a fact, is that uh, the particular day, October 31st, was a pagan holiday um, of a Celtic pagan holiday uh, called Samhain, uh, which Ooh, wow. is the... That sounds um, evil. Yes. It's a worship of the dead. Um, we see this mm. in other cultures, right, where mm. there's an actual worship of the dead. The, the, um, the, the Japanese, as an example, the, the Asian cultures. Well, and in fact, it's funny that you say that. They actually do this, their whole ritual, towards the end of October as well. When we lived in Japan, we were stationed there. Really? We would hear, you would hear at night the drums as the, as the evening got closer. And this is an ancestral worship deal, especially mm. in Okinawa. I don't know about mm. all of Japan, but I know for sure in the island of Okinawa, the birthplace of karate, mm -hmm. also known as karate. Wax on, wax off. <laughs> okay. okay. But... On that island, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> what was it? what was that little finger? Karate movie? kid. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, karate kid. Karate, yes, karate kid. No, but on the island, you would hear at night. You would hear boom, boom, boom all night long, and it was kind of freaky. Mm. And one of the little girls who went to our parish told her mother that she woke up one night and she saw in her bedroom 
a fully clothed samurai warrior, an old man just staring at her in her bedroom. Wow. During this time, during this October time. So, yeah, I don't know if, I don't think it was October 31st. It might have been a floating holiday for them rather than a fixed holiday as it is for our Celtic oh, pagans. Okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> but, but anyway, yeah, you're right. Ancestral <laughs> worship. Okay. That's where we're at. Yes. So, um, it, so there, there's kind of two different versions and maybe an in-between, if you will, of what happens on Halloween. I, again, I, it, it, it is amazing to me that, especially in America, there seems to be some sort of an obligation. Like if you if you let this three day you know period pass without dressing up as somebody and you know whatever, yeah. um, that that you've somehow missed out on the season, right? I mean, <laughs> and of course, just like all other seasons, right? I mean, we're, like what, last month, we're all you know we're already seeing Halloween in the stores. It's a huge commercial holiday, whatnot, but. Basically, three different versions, right? So you have the most harmless version, which everybody is accustomed with, is like you said, I can't wait for kids so that we can go trick or treating, you know. And uh, so you have kids dressing up as either, you know, uh, you know Bob the Builder or something, you know, perceptibly innocent. Yeah, um, sure. Or you have the whole Harry Potter thing, which of course is only grows in popularity with that, which we all know is not a good thing. I mean, and somehow, somehow, even saying that continues to be controversial. Like, I, even within our conservative and Orthodox Catholic communities that we, that the circles that we run in, even sure. in those circles, it's mm-hmm. still like controversial right. to say, "Hey, you shouldn't dress up like a wizard, and you shouldn't be repeating spells that are actually spells." That this woman uh, who who wrote this stuff says that, uh, "Well, I I didn't come up with it. I just heard a voice, and the voice told me what to write." Right. No. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That seems normal. That happens to me all the time. Mm-hmm. So. So you have this thing where it's at the very, at the best, right? It is completely secular, yeah, dysfunctional. It has no actual real use in the life of a Catholic, right? So that that's that's the the least harmful version of okay. that that people are familiar with, obviously. Okay, but uh, you know, and then a lot of people try who are Catholics, right? who try to say, well, they want to have, you know, their pie and you know, their cake and eat it too, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is, well, you know, um, what we need to do is we need to dress the children up as saints. Right. And, and we go trick-or-treating so we can give an example to other people about what, what uh what to do on this day oh i right? love this logic i love it when you when you start to say that oh my children are going to be like the salt of the earth i'm going to shoot them into the heart of this evil culture like as if there's some arrow that i fire from my quiver <laughs> right <laughs> exactly and, and and i'm going to change the world by means of exposing my children to grave evil, but I know that they'll withstand all of it, and so this is how I'm going to contribute right. to the world. Yeah. That's just that's kind of a lot. I'm not attacking people who go trick or treating right now in the show. Once once we get to the end, and we you will everything. Later. Yeah, that, <laughs> we need to get the listen times up, so you need to wait all the way till the end of this show before we can get to that little honey pot. But. Um, no, but really just, just the logic in general of using your children as a tool of sanctification for other people. It's kind of like right. that's the opposite of what your job is. Your yep. job is to 
preserve and sanctify your own children. That's that's why you exist. Exactly. But anyway. and, and and if there's an example that comes from your children, it's from doing the right thing, not putting them into a situation, yeah, into a secular environment, right? Uh, that is riddled with a lot of problems, which we're about to get into. But Joe, what if they're not okay? Like let let's say they're not wearing Harry Potter. And we've already kind of teed off on, um, you know, superheroes and video games and that stuff. Let's say they're, mm-hmm. let's say they're legitimately just dressing up as Saint Rita or Saint Therese. Sure, right. There's a day for that, and it's the next day. Oh, right. So <laughs> instead of being a day late and a dollar short, you're like a day early. Right. Exactly. It's it's yeah, exactly <laughs> okay. But the thing is, is that even All Hallows, uh, so well, Halloween, as we'll 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 discuss. Not only is it if you even justify that this is okay to do this on this day, whatnot, they're missing out on a broad Catholic tradition. So you're you're robbing them of that too. Yeah. Um. And, and we'll we'll get into that. But let's yeah. let, let's dive a little bit more into um how Halloween and how it exists in the secular culture. So the second example, right, is you know what young people and I and Wolf. <laughs> That it's a broad term nowadays. It used to be young uh, people, right? Right. It exactly. used to be right. Now you've got millennials and thirty-year-olds dressing exactly, up. Exactly. Exactly. Trick so, or treat. Um. Yeah. Get off my property, mm, dude. Mm. Drive away. Okay. Get in, right. get back in your car. And <laughs> right. Why are you trick or treating exactly. if you can drive? Exactly. So like so now now it's like a fun get together where you can have cocktails that are named after all these things, mm-hmm. well the you know creepy crawlers and all that sort of stuff, and you know a, a lot of it is just straight up lewd yeah. uh, costuming. I oh, mean, it's oh, and it's gotten it's gotten exponentially worse even in the last five to ten years. Yeah. It is the skankiest thing. It is that's that's really what people look forward to. Mm-hmm. Let's just be honest. That's what people look forward to. Um, the the costume is merely a venue by which I can expose more skin than I would otherwise be acceptably able to expose, and even in a professional environment. It's amazing. Togas like, to work? Yeah. <laughs> it is just, it's completely, anything goes. Anything right. goes. But, of course, the worst part of the, the, the worst oh, scenario. Oh, it gets worse. Right? It, gets it, worse. It, it does get worse than okay. this. This this is a breeding ground um, for the uh, the occult. Um, the there's an exorcist, uh, uh, Father Buonyuto. Uh, mm-hmm. um, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. He's Italian. Uh, says there is an increase in black magic rites, cemetery desecrations, thefts of sacred bones, and the adoration of Satan, as well as demonic possessions. This is real stuff that goes on on this day. I mean, this is not. This is this is a day that just for leave everything else aside. It's this is a day that you don't want your children to be out in the darkness. Yeah, where who know every every anything goes in this society as as we know, and it, it gets worse and worse and worse. And these are real things that happen on this day. This is not something that you want your children out and about in. People do all sorts of crazy stuff on these days, and maybe not all of it's in your face or public or whatnot. I mean, you definitely have people dressing up as demons and you know ghouls and all this other stuff. And we'll even get to that again. They would be like, well, you know, dressing up is not such a big deal. Um, but it, it, this is the part of the show where if you are inclined to like Halloween, you're probably just going to stop listening, right? 
I mean, right. this is the part of the show that you really don't want to talk about where you, you know, we're talking about the occult mm-hmm. and demonic activity right. and mimicking and cooperating with Satan. Right. And, um, and this is, this sounds like a fairy tale to people who already start from the premise that Halloween is one of my favorites. Right. And I used to do it as a kid, and I want my kids to yeah. do it because that's just how it's you're like, be well, done. we don't use Ouija boards or any of this other, you know, occult stuff. Yeah. But this stuff is going all around you. Um, it, there's another exorcist, uh, Father Marius Roch, um, for the Archdiocese of San Fernando, said that he uh, performed exorcism rites uh, involving two young people who had just donned spooky clothing. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like necessarily overt or anything like that. It was just spooky clothing, right? Um, and the priest claimed that uh, when he found her, um, he her out of her mouth and belly button, emitting froth from this, okay? Oof. I don't want to get too graphic about this stuff, but like just even wearing Halloween costumes, in, in many cases, which even if they're not evil, like... Um, like de- demonic in their in their uh, in their charisma are often blasphemous, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, about you know people dressing up as nuns or priests and stuff like this in in very disgusting ways, right? Um, but uh, th- this this is real stuff that happens to people. Then another big thing people want to go do something spooky. Oh, right? yeah. Like, oh, oh I just want to go get creeped out for the thrill of I it. I want to go get scared. I want to see the guy with the chainsaw, maybe go to a haunted house, maybe go to a cemetery. I mean, yeah, these are normal activities. Right. No, and, and, and again, that shouldn't come as a surprise to anybody. Everybody no. knows of people who do stuff like this, right? Of course. And you're just like, oh, wow, you know, this is just, it's a thrill. Uh-huh. But why? Why? Why go through? Why do that? There was another, there was another incident of a boy from uh, Angeles City. Uh, who was possessed by... Oh, sp- that's in the Philippines, right? Yes, in the Philippines. Yeah. He was possessed uh, after ghost hunting with friends at an abandoned American hospital at um, a Clark Air Base. Clark Air Base. So he... he uh, that's where we used to bring the... Um, that's where we used to bring the soldiers home from Vietnam. From used Vietnam. Store, used to store bodies there and stuff. Exactly. And it was... It, and it, it's still, to this day, a supposed hotspot for paranormal activity. Oh, like they, yeah. the nice word that they come from, paranormal. What? Paranormal, yeah, yeah. Let's go there. Yeah, the the priest performed an exorcism, and the uh, person vomited eleven times each time for a demon that was being released. Oh boy, oh so, boy. This is not this is not stuff to mess around with either. We haven't really even done a show on spiritual warfare, and we haven't really talked that much about like expelling demons and all that stuff. But this is very very serious. Right. And what's interesting, too, is when you have an exorcist performing the rite, and uh, Father Amorth from Rome actually has said that the, that the Latin rite of the exorcism works way, way better mm-hmm. than, than the, whatever, the, the new rite. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's a big fan of using the old rite, but notwithstanding that fact, um, when you are conversing with a demon, a lot of times they're, they're, not like, they're not like super sneaky. They just tell you what their intention is. They mm-hmm. tell you what their name is. How they got in, you know, uh, how long they've been walking, what their intention is with this soul, what their future plans are, and it is, it is appallingly scary. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is not something that I like talking about. Sure, here we are, a couple weeks before 
October 31st, doing a show here to try to discourage and dissuade any of our listeners from going out and making the mistake, especially with young children, of perverting their children Mm -hmm. and exposing them to uh, the demonic. But, I mean, how badly, uh, how, how much is it worth it? How much is it worth it yeah. for to to take your to take your four year old daughter out, dress her up like you know a fairy tale princess, get her a bag of candy, and oh, I'll have a side of exorcism with that too. Right. If you think that people are because uh, we hear about this stuff all the time, right? And everybody, nobody thinks it's going to happen to them, mm-hmm. right? But if we live in a world where people are willing to put, you know, razor blades and sharp items inside of candy as, and they think that that's funny, what do you think that people who are actually involved with, you know, the demonic? That's a great point. What do do? Like, that's, that's a great point. You don't think that that's real? Yeah. If you're, yeah, if you're deranged enough to poison a kid, then if you're, let's say you're deranged enough to worship Satan, yeah, when's going to be your night? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it it only kind of makes sense. I mean, for the people who don't believe that October 31st has any connection to the occult or any link to Satanism or to evil, I'm just like, what what planet did you grow up on? Mm-hmm. You 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 are willfully ignorant in this subject because merely because you want the joy of walking around your neighborhood and it's it's human respect is what it is. Mm-hmm. Yep. You want to go trick-or-treating with your friends. You want to have your, your little play date, your coffee date, take your kids out, have a, have a little deal. You want, to, you want to spend money on costumes and see who has the cutest one and have a costume right. party and vote for the best dress and all that. That's what you want. That's what your priority is, not the salvation of your children's soul and the safeguarding even of their, of their uh, corporal person. Right. And if we go back to that earliest example that I was talking about, yeah, the 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 best case scenario of what this is, you you tell you mentioned Father Amorth. Mm-hmm. Father Amorth uh, was the uh, he was the chief, chief exorcist. exorcist in Rome for yes. forever. They they right. even did like a documentary series about him, which is so scary. I can't even watch it. Right, and it's not necessary. Yeah, to do that. No, I don't. Um, I wouldn't watch it. But the. At the very least, even if you think that you're in a closed environment, you know, maybe it's like church gathering or whatever. I don't know. Closed neighborhood, you know, you know everybody in the neighborhood. Trunk or treat. That's the new thing. Yeah, right. Uh, Everyone, trunk or treat. You park all your cars like in a big circle in the church parking lot. You open up your trunks and you walk from trunk to trunk Mm -hmm. to to get candy from your fellow parishioners. Right. So... Even even if you're in that situation, why do you why would you want to be involved with that? Why is this so necessary for for people to feel so Im, impulsed to do that? It's, Father, it's peer pressure, yeah, man. It it's, is. That's what it's got to yeah. be. I well, can't think of we, another we can't reason. Be normal if we don't do what everybody else does. Yeah, exactly. Even if we're trying to do it in a you know very protected environment. And heaven forbid somebody not think that you're normal. I mean, is that the worst? Is that basically death? Is that is that some level of martyrdom that I'm not even aware of? <laughs> It yeah, that must be yeah. But even Father Amorth says that Halloween is really a. This is a quote. Halloween is really a spiritual gathering presented in the form of a game, and that is equivalent of singing hosannas to the devil. Oh, that's Father Amorth. Okay, and we're not like you know a bunch Ooh. of you know 
conservatives being like, yeah, hey, you know, he's be not he's not exactly like the paradigm of you know conservatism. Right. Really, he he's, knows, he knows he's what's a going on. Standard fair guy who's in touch with the demonic and knows what their exactly menus <laughs> are. You want to sing hosannas to the devil? You want to be even if you were saying, well, that's not our intention. We're trying to do something different. There, wait for the next day. I'll say oh, it stays man. the next day. Oh, do man. do that. But don't 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 do an imitation at the at the very best case you, scenario of singing hosannas to the devil. Yeah, that, that I don't want any part of that. And, and you got to ask yourself too just holistically if you take a step back and you look at the, the culture the way it is now. Mm-hmm. I mean the proliferation of werewolves and vampires and witches and wizards and magic and all this stuff. I mean, honestly, Joe, when when you and I were growing up and our parents were facing these decisions for us, there was not all this stuff going on, mm-hmm. okay? I mean, we didn't even have Buffy the Vampire Slayer when we were little, <laughs> right. okay? Right. And that's pretty innocuous compared to the garbage that is out there today and that the children are emulating mm-hmm. you've got M- M- maleficence and right. you know all the and and the ice queen and the and then and the characters from frozen mm-hmm. not, not to mention harry potter not to mention what's the, what's that series with the werewolves and the normal girls are like falling in love with the werewolves and i mean it's it's yeah, it's all horrible yeah. it's all terrible and it's like designed to pervert and destroy your child's soul and their sensus fidelium. It's an assault. Yes. It's an assault on the faith. It's a direct. It used to be like an like a indirect assault. Okay. Mm-hmm. It used to be uh, okay. Well, you know, you're dressed up like Superman or whatever. That seems okay. Now it is in your face, direct frontal assault. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There is no the, the only one who's not wearing a costume on Halloween. Are the devils, mm-hmm. the demons? They're right. out and out in the open, right? So let let's go. So let we we've got the the demonic and the and the, the satanic behind us, right? Yeah. And then we move on to uh, even a, yet another reason, where uh, ironically October thirty first, <laughs> and and we may not have left the demonic and the and the satanic behind <laughs> us, right? But October thirty first was uh, for a very very long time. Uh, was presented by the Protestants as Reformation Day. You're kidding me. No. Do you know what happened today? Or on that day? No. Martin Luther posted his 95 theses on the church doors on this day. This was celebrated by the Protestants for a very long time. Why am I just now hearing this? Yeah, exactly. Do you think most Protestants are proud of the fact that they're... Fake religions were all founded by a guy who celebrated on the devil's feast day. Maybe Martin Luther dressed up and <laughs> yeah. he was dressed as a pious monk. Right? Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> Just a mockery of the whole thing. But, but, but that is, um, wow. th- that, that is, that is what it was. And, and ironically, uh, and we'll, so we'll get into this. Let, let's talk a little bit about Hallow's Eve, all, all Hallow's Eve. This is the actual appropriate title for the for the day, which is a Catholic day, um, and is liturgically celebrated as such. Um, it Halloween is actually uh, it was a um, a shortened uh, or a way of saying it what, how it was spelled in the um, in Old English was Halloween, but there is an apostrophe. Um. 
okay. uh, between the last, uh, the first E and the second E of Halloween. So it's Halloween, Halloween, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hallows Evening. Yeah. Um, yeah. But this is the vigil of all saints. Now, that's what say, it means to be hallowed. Right. When hallowed. you are hallowed. Yes. Or haloed. Mm-hmm. The saints have right. the halos, right? This right. is this is what we are referring to when we say All Hallows Eve. Um, so it's a visual of all the saints. Um, and ironically, <laughs> just uh, tie in on the uh, Reformation Day, during uh, uh, the Protestant Revolution, All Hallows Eve was outlawed by the Protestants because it was a Catholic feast day. So mm. it, this just takes it takes it further right this is this expulsion yeah, of we I, don't want this all hallows eve this vigil where we prepare i don't think we've moved on from satan yet yeah or the demonic right no exactly <laughs> right? it's just it, it's a confusion uh not not calling you know protestants you know that yeah. uh but the 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 but you can't make this up. I mean, yeah, the, right. the day that you the day that you say uh, non servium, I will not serve. The mm-hmm. day that you break away from the one true faith is Halloween. I mean, come on. Ironic. Yeah, I I should say so. I so, mean, at least Americans, when we started our revolution, we just chose a random day. <laughs> As far as we know so far. <laughs> as far as we know. I don't know anything about July 4th being evil, but, you know. All right. Uh, so that's interesting. So there's a Protestant connection. You've got Martin Luther. Um, so th- so Celtic they- thing. All right. So we're we're moving on into what it should be then, right? Sure. For the All Hallows Eve. Right. So what what it should be is a day of preparation of how to become saintly. Mm-hmm. To remind ourselves of the fragility of life and 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 recognizing that our end will come, mm-hmm. that death mm-hmm. will come for us, and and even especially um, the reality of hell and how we are to avoid it. Yeah. Now, of course, we all um, desire that we have the purest intent of uh, desiring God for His own sake. And wanting to enjoy that with him in eternity for heaven, but hell is. Um, we've we've talked a little bit about oh, hell yeah. in the past. Oh, fear of hell has right. brought more souls to heaven. It's a great tool. It's a great tool, and you it's can a almost blessing. and you can almost kind of see how if you are as many of the great spiritual masters have done before us, if you are meditating on hell, and I know that sounds really strange to say. But if you are imagining your place in hell and what it looks like and why you're there and why you deserve to be there and what it sounds like and smells like, if you're really like thinking about this and saying, this is where I am going to go, you know, if I don't change my ways, this is what I deserve. This is where God will send me. This is where I will send myself. Um, you can almost see how that pious practice can be converted and manipulated mm-hmm. and turned into well let's all dress up like we're in hell right right, right like right. and let's let's have all these little demons running around you know mm-hmm. like sure um so i it's it's again i i hate to be like the guy who keeps going back to the first point but mm-hmm. i tend to think that 
there's almost never one clean explanation for anything you know you've got like this true. confluence of all these factors it's it's already a pagan holiday mm-hmm. you've already got proddies running around you know trying to destroy the church on that day sure you used to be meditating on hell uh, now we're recreating scenes from hell i mean it's like it, it's yeah. the difference between being uh having a healthy fear of it mm-hmm. and worshiping it yeah right i mean the, the the day of the dead is a very very popular uh spanish tradition which was once upon a time an actual legitimate um uh way to help people remember yeah um the, the, you know, hell and death and all these various things. Oh, I you know, know. Skeletons, et cetera, and so, so that, on and so that forth. That one, that maybe there is no more pronounced um, example of the perversion of something good than Dia de los Muertos, the, Dia, yeah. the Day of the Dead. That that thing has just been, it's so scary. You, you just got to stay away from it 100%. Yeah. There's no it, way to it do it diabolical. right. diabolical. Yeah, you got to get now. away from that. Yeah, yeah. it's, oh, it's sure. really sad. Okay, so what are some of the traditions then that we should be doing on um, All Hallowed Eve, on on the day before the vigil of uh, All Saints? So trick-or-treating, they didn't even come up with, right? Uh, that the, the, the seculars or the those of uh, that are diabolical, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Trick-or-treating was what well, that leads to that concept of people asking, uh, you know, coming to somebody's door and asking for something, exchange for something. But here again, we can see the the... the the diabolical perversion here. Traditionally speaking, there was this concept of a soul cake. Ooh, that, a soul cake. A soul cake that was that was made. Is that like made in the South? Uh, well, it, is it like it soul made, food? No, it's not. It's not like that. Okay. It's not like okay. soul food. Okay, uh, but uh, definitely a medieval tradition, right? Where they would make this this shortbread, huh. um, and uh, they would have it ready for people and children alike coming um, to a door. Um, and it, it, sometimes it was, it was, soul cakes was very predominant in England, but you know, there are bonbons and, and, and fruits and stuff like this that people would offer to people who would come to their door and nice. people would go to the door promising to pray for the souls of your relatives in exchange for a piece of food or something to eat. Are you kidding me right now? No. I'm sorry. I came to your door and I asked for candy. Give me, give, give me candy. Yeah, it's, it's all it's, selfish. It's not even trick or treat. It's like right. I don't even want a trick. Just right. it should be just be treat or better yeah. treat. Trick? You mean like the father of lies, Satan deceiving you? Right? Trick? Mm-hmm. No. This is all goodness, all benevolent. Wow. I'm what asking a beautiful you. tradition. Yeah, exactly. Let me, hey, hey, Joe. Um, can I pray for your father? Right, right. Who, who who died three years ago? Was you know? Can I can I pray for the repose of his soul? All I have to do is give you a cake. And by the way, I you know I'm I'm traveling. I'm on the road. You sure. know, houses aren't like in a sub development. Okay, so right. it's not Back like then, right, <laughs> right. So I'm just not like house to house. You know, I, right. I came some distance. I saw sure. I saw the smoke from your chimney. I'm here. I, I'm I'm you know. If you would impart upon me a traveling mercy, mm-hmm. I will then in exchange impart on you and your family some pious prayers. Right. Yeah. Sounds pretty Catholic right. to me. And they and they had. Instead of trick or treat, just this this phrase, they actually had like little little um little, little poems or little little phrases, uh, things that they would say when they would come to the door. Oh wow! For example, they would say, um, 
a soul cake, a soul cake. Have mercy on all Christian souls for a soul cake. Like, mm. what, what, how, how small of a price this is to pay for the prayers of somebody else for your own relatives, to keep prayers on them that they may deli- be delivered from purgatory. Wow. Or, or they would say, uh, soul, soul, an apple or two. If you haven't an apple, a pear will do. One for Peter, two for Paul, three for the man who made us all. I mean, just giving honor to the saints again. Yeah, and no and, Christ him, and Christ himself on All Saints Day, wow. the vigil of All Saints Day. Wow, wow, wow. That's so, beautiful. Yeah. We don't have any of sense faith. of that. There's no, no sense of that in, in Halloween. For mm-hmm. anyone who's still, if, first of all, if you're clinging to Halloween, you're not at this point in the show. But if you're still here and you're hanging around, God bless you. We appreciate it. But how can you hear? How can you sit here and hear? Soul, soul, an apple or two. If you haven't an apple, a pair will do. One for Peter, two for Paul, three for the man who made us all. How can you hear that and say, oh, yeah, I'm going to go say trick or treat. (laughs) And I don't even mean trick. I just mean give me the Snickers and we're moving on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, it, it, it's it's selfish, you know, the 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 whole the whole the whole thing of it. So that's that's one one tradition that that can be done. Okay. Uh, an, another great tradition um, is talking about stories about hell, talking about the damned, instilling a healthy fear uh, into us ourselves. <laughs> stories about the damned are for everybody. Oh yeah. Um, regardless of what some people, oh, we don't want to talk about that. Oh, you won't. You don't yeah. want to talk about that, but you're willing to let them walk around with people dressed up in all form and manner. Seriously, I mean, why else would our blessed Lord allow many of the prominent saints, even saints of the 20th century, why would He show them images of hell? Why would He take them there, allow them to see it, if it wasn't for us to talk about? Right. If it wasn't meant for us to be, to have a healthy fear of. Right. So I, I mean, I, I remember my my father uh, had a uh, really love for this legend of Sleepy Hollow, you know, Ichabod Crane, and in that story, and that's a great moral story. But there are lots of stories. Mm. Uh, there there are several books called uh, uh, I forget the name of the author, but there's a book that's just simply called Hell. There's another book, a, a grand book that's called um, Purgatory. Um, and, uh, I think both of them are purgatory and hell and how to avoid it each in their own, in own right. They're filled with some amazing stories. Um, but good things to read, you know, it's good to have, it's good to have some fear. Um, and the reason why you're thinking about hell on the vigil of all saints day is because it's such a grand contrast yes. with what you will be celebrating the following day. Right. And, and, and so, and, and when you can see light and darkness side by side, the contrast of truth and error, I mean, that that's, that's where you can really solidify the faith is, is in the contrast. When mm. you, when you sit here and you're just kind of like subsisting in shades of gray and, you know, ambiguity and words mm. that have no meaning mm. and all that stuff, am I making a reference to something that's happening in the present day? Maybe, maybe not. But if you're not speaking clearly, if you're not saying what's right and wrong, true and false, good and good and ugly, you know, good and 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 bad, ugly and beautiful, I, it's it's in these contrasts that things can become more uh, more clear to us. No, that's for certain, sure. 
All right, enough of the dark stuff. Yeah, that's Give uh, us all some right. Light. We're moving forward. Give so, us some light, like Mike. the Saints, All Saints Day. Okay, so I'm going to read a couple notes from this uh, handy little tome here, and it's called The Golden Legend. The Golden Legend was compiled in the Middle Ages, somewhere around the year 1260 is when the first manuscript of this became available, but I will not be reading anything really verbatim or in an old English style. Thank goodness. Yes. Well, because <laughs> I really wanted to actually read it. But it says that the feast, now again, this is written, what, uh, eight centuries ago or, you know, or a few centuries ago, right? Sure. 1260. Okay. Yeah. Eight, yeah. Eight-ish. So the first, uh, so the, all, the Feast of All Saints was instituted for four reasons. And we can kind of just like touch on the four reasons, okay. but it's really interesting. The first reason was a practical reason, and it was connected with the dedication of a certain Roman temple. And I thought that was really interesting, so we'll go into the quick history of that. The second was to supply for the omission of many saints from the calendar. Obviously, there are more saints than there are days in the year, and we sure. can't be feasting every single day. Mm-hmm. The third was to atone for neglect in honoring the saints, which we are so guilty of doing mm-hmm. in general. Um, and the fourth was to make it easier f- to obtain the favors for which we pray. Okay, so the first, connected to the dedication of a certain temple. Well, so when the Romans were the masters of the world, they had an amalgamation of many, many different so-called gods. And, of course, we know that these were really devils. Mm -hmm. And they got to a point where they would have a god who would represent a province. Mm -hmm. And so they wanted to build this big church, so to speak, where they would have a representative from each province, in other words, one of the gods. Mm -hmm. And so it started off where they would have statues facing inward, and they were all facing in the center of a circle. And I think they had Zeus in the center, you know, the, the, the king of the gods or whatever. They, had, they even had monarchy amongst the gods. So you have all these statues that were facing inboard. Well, legend has it that a trick, of course, remember, these are devils mm-hmm. that they're worshiping, okay? But legend has it that there was a time where if one of these statues faced outboard, it faced itself outboard. It would not serve Rome anymore. Mm. That that would be the province that was going to have an uprising, and they would need to send the armies there to pacify the people. Wow. Well, eventually there were too many statues, and there were too many gods to worship. So they made this thing bigger and bigger and bigger, and it grew into what we now know today as the Pantheon. Mm-hmm. And the pantheon means the worship of all gods, pan meaning all, theos meaning gods, pantheon. Mm-hmm. And so the pantheon was uh, taken control of by by a Catholic civilization <laughs> in the year 605. So in 605, it was given to Pope uh, Boniface IV. He was the third pope after Gregory the Great. Mm-hmm. And Boniface had, he spent like three or four years renovating this place. He had all the statues removed. He had all the last vestiges of paganism destroyed. And he uh, dedicated it four years later in May of 609. May of 609, consecrated the building in honor of the Blessed Mother Mary. Of? 
Well, it says it's now known as Santa Maria Rotunda. Yes, but the 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 full the full title is Mary of All Saints. Of All Saints, that's right. Yes. So it says, uh, uh, yeah, that's right, and her martyrs. So it was the title Santa Maria ad Martires, ah. which is then uh, in in Italian Santa Maria Rotunda, and that um, later on later on ah. um, it was rededicated in November on November first. Um, and this was due to a practical reason because they were having this feast in May, but right. May, you don't have a lot of food in May. You mm-hmm. haven't had the harvest mm-hmm. yet. So it was moved to November 1st, the 1st of November, which now we know as All Saints Day, uh, because that was when supplies were ample after having had the harvest. Mm. Because so many people, Joe, would come in from all parts of the empire, the Roman Empire, the Holy Roman Empire, to come in and and worship at this... I mean, imagine, this used to be the Pantheon. Mm-hmm. This used to be like the paragon to... Mm-hmm. to um, you know, to error. And mm-hmm. now it's it's standing there as a as a testament to truth. So here it is. Uh, this is the only thing I will read verbatim. Thus the temple that had been built for all the idols was now dedicated to all the saints. And where a horde of false gods had been worshipped, a multitude of saints was now praised. Mm. How beautiful is that? That's beautiful. That is awesome. And and I also heard that it, that they that during that time, why you could pick pick that specific day was also because of what we originally started the show with, was there was a concern in the Irish church where people were hanging on to paganism. That's got to be and it. And that it would be combating oh, yeah. the uh, the feast, the pagan feast of Samhain. Oh, that's got to be it. Mm-hmm. That's got to be a huge part of it. I mean, my Holy Mother Church, when she makes these decisions, again, goes back to the comment, there's never one or two, you know, there's never one clean answer for a reason. There's right. always like, you're all, and Mother Holy Mother Church is so good at hitting like 14 birds with one stone, <laughs> yes. you know? So like, yeah, Love it. she's like, okay, the Celts, check, yeah. you know, <laughs> the harvest, check. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, like, like decent weather. Okay, we got that too. Exactly. You know, yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> it's... Um, so there's some thought that went into that. You mean originally it wasn't just something random, yeah, some ex- random numbering of things, or <laughs> right, right. Uh, we're just arbitrarily going to blah, <laughs> yeah. So the second reason for having the feast of um, All Saints is really simple, and um, Saint Jerome says it best. Uh, we could stack every single day of the calendar with five thousand martyrs. Okay, if that's what we wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So it, this is to supply for the omission of so many saints that just don't make it to the calendar. Mm-hmm. God willing, you know what? If I make it to heaven, I really don't expect to be on the Roman calendar. Okay, I'll be like one of those saints that, you know, a couple people know about. Maybe nobody. That's fine. I just want to get there. <laughs> right. Is that fair? Right. I mean, I don't want to be on the calendar, right. but a lot of them, most of them don't make it to the calendar. And so that is what it is. Okay, the third reason, as we said for the institution of the Feast of All Saints was to make amends for our negligences. And how true is that? Mm. I mean, how often are we just not thinking about um, the saints and giving gratitude for them? Um, so now, this is interesting. Um, this is this should be quick review for everybody, but there are actually four categories of saints. You've got apostles, martyrs, confessors, and virgins. And that's why when you look at a, at a calendar of saints... Especially a traditional calendar, but 
um, you'll you, they will normally be listed all their titles. Mm, sure. And you know most of the apostles are also martyrs, so yep. it'll say apostle and martyr. These are raised categories. These are raised categories. Yep, okay, gotcha. Yeah. Right. So you've got now, and and that's in order too. By the way, the apostles are at the are at the top. Shocker. Right. And <laughs> and the martyrs are up there too. Confessors and virgins. So mm-hmm. I thought that part was interesting. And then of course, um, you know. We, we, we understand that uh, the the fourth reason. So this is really, this is one of my favorite feasts. It didn't always used to be. When I was a brand new Catholic, I was just kind of like, this is a holy day of obligation. Like, this seems like a random one, you know? <laughs> right, right. It does. It certainly right, does. When right. you don't understand um, the, width and the, the communion yeah. of saints, right. right? As you're coming into the church and you're just like, okay, I, I guess what I'm hearing is that a saint is somebody who's made it. He's a made man, <laughs> made right? Man, right? You've got a made man. I'm like, the okay, mafia of yeah, right, right. And so that's how you you start thinking about it, and you're like, okay, well, that's that's great for them, yep. you know. But then once you realize how they can be a help to you here on earth, and and how some of them just adopt you, mm-hmm. um, it's an offer you can't refuse. It's. <laughs> I'm sorry. You you were waiting for that, and you nailed it. That was perfect <laughs> delivery. That was perfect timing. But it's true. If if Saint Therese chooses you, you okay? You're gonna start you finding roses yeah. in your life. Yep. And you better just say yes, ma'am. Thank you. May I have another? Yes. Okay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. So the fact is, it is, and it remains a holy day of obligation um, in the United States, even though we have uh, a remarkably few number of them in this country. It is still a holy day of obligation. Mm-hmm. Um, another interesting anecdote um, is how old this feast day is, how early it was instituted in the church. So, right. Um, Good point. 373 AD, um, St. Ephraim the Syrian, St. Ephraim the Syrian, uh-huh. um, even mentioned this in a sermon in 373. That's how early, That's, this is how important the community yeah. of the saints. See, and this this cloud of witnesses that we hear about in Hebrews, that, that, that uh, Paul writes about in Hebrews, um, it it's not surprising that St. Ephraim the Syrian got it on the first try, got the hey. M and the N where they needed to go. <laughs> Thank you. Um, okay. It's not surprising <laughs> that he, it's not surprising that he would be talking about this in the year 373. And yet it would take until the year 608 or 609 mm. for the church at large to standardize that practice. Right. That's very, very common in a lot of these sure. high feast days where you would have the pious tradition springing up in different parts of the church. True. And quite oftentimes, one of the reasons for standardizing it is because it was non-standard across the right. across Christendom. The community of Christendom, yes. Yeah. No, it, it's, it's just a truly fantastic feast day. Um, there are Several traditions associated with that, Mike. I mean, you mentioned that it's a holy day of obligation, right? So, uh, so mass. Go to mass. <laughs> yep. Hear the mass. What? What else? What else do people do on All Saints Day? I mean, people. Now, this is this is an interesting thing. A lot of times in families, saints, as I said, they adopt you, or you adopt them, or you have a devotion to them. One of the ways that you can demonstrate your devotion to them, especially for children, is that they can dress up as a saint. Mm-hmm. They can dress up as this, perhaps, you know, like my oldest um, child, my daughter, is uh, preparing for 
confirmation. Mm -hmm. So she's choosing a confirmation saint. It works out pretty well that this year I know who she's dressing up as. You know, she's going to dress up as St. Bridget of Ireland. Um, So that it, so that's one of the things that children can do. And that's why you look at this tradition and you're like, oh, it makes sense how Mm. it got perverted and Mm -hmm. moved to the night before. Mm -hmm. And, and instead of children dressing up as saints and celebrating the lives of people who are really alive, Mm -hmm. really alive in heaven right now, right. Listening to this show, Mm -hmm. there are more people listening to the show than are subscribed on YouTube. And that is a problem. Um, so hit, hit the subscribe button, but that's one of the things that you can do on all, on all saints. Day. Sure. I, I have very fond memories of all saints day. My father had a, a particular love for the feast. And when we used to live out on 25 acres in East Texas, um, we had, uh, fields that, uh, were hayed. Okay. Um, so before they were hayed, my, my father would take the tractor out and he would mow this this winding paths throughout this really tall grass and at nighttime we would go out and we would invite the whole parish and there would be the these paths with little little stopping points and we had ponds and stuff like that so there would be like themes right of like the red sea oh wow and, and all this sort of stuff so you come to these various checkpoints <laughs> and there would be clues okay about where we had to go to next and so you go through this maze to the grass and you would be looking for this next clue. So they're like the Red Sea would part it and whatnot. And then they found themselves on the other side. It, it, and it was just the, he, he, he really elaborate. thought all this. It was very yeah. elaborate. And of course, at the end of the, uh, of the, uh, the treasure hunt, if mm-hmm. you will, mm-hmm. uh, there was just, just ba- like these baskets that were just full of candy, right? And all everybody would be like, wow. You know, as a child, you're out in the darkness, and then you come upon all these things, this mystery, this of of life that we go through, and then you would come to the end, and it would just be this magnificent, wonderful uh, thing mm-hmm. that you'd be all very excited about, mm-hmm. right? And everybody's dressed up as saints, walking through, right? We'd also, um, you know, we invite the parish priest over, and he would uh, do a little contest and quiz the children on the saint that they were, have the pers- the child stand up. That's right. And, and explain. Who, who are you? Who are you? Yeah, right. I mean, right. it's a great educational exercise. It's so important for us to read this, the lives of the saints right? and for our children to know about them. And it's a good opportunity for an eight-year-old to, uh, to memorize the life of a saint, especially if it's a saint that you know, might not be as widely known, mm-hmm. or at least if there are facts about a very popular saint, which are otherwise lost to obscurity. Yeah. No, it's so true. So true. It's a beautiful feast. All right. So we're going to do something on the show that we've never done before. I don't even, you don't know, even know what it is that so we're about to do. Here's what we're going to do. <laughs> we're going to play, we're going to play our fade out music, but we're going to come back for an encore on this very show to talk about all souls day so we're gonna fade out joe and if you if you if you've had enough if you've had enough if you've like this is a lot of information you're making it to your work you're listening to the podcast you're in the car you're ready to fade out fade out but just know you're missing out on some nuggets that are coming up
Okay, you're still with us. You made it. You're still with us. And now we're going to talk about November 2nd. This is the extra credit portion, right? And I think it's treated like that, too. Mm-hmm. It sometimes can get treated like that. This is like, okay, I made it. You know, I stayed in a hotel room on October 31st so that people wouldn't knock on my door. I skipped trick-or-treating. I did it right. I meditated on hell. I asked people for whom uh, I could pray, and I, I offered them prayers. And then on November 1st, that's when I did the real Catholic tradition, and my children dressed up as saints. I went to Mass. It was a holy day of obligation. Okay, now we're at November 2nd. Joe. November 2nd is a very, very beautiful day, very uh, important day for us. So it's not a holy day of obligation, but uh, this is All Souls Day. Yeah. And All Souls Day is the day that we remember all the souls of the faithfully departed yeah. um, and uh, seek to pray for them very, very specifically. There's, there's, um, the masses are about uh, their requiems. Um, the priest yeah. will dress in black. Yeah. Um, and pray as have masses said for those who have gone before us. Um, it's it's so it's so interesting how sometimes Holy Mother Church just kind of like whips us around, right? Because it feels one, like that sometimes. Like on it? one day you're sitting here and you're meditating on hell and you're I'm like freaking out. This is then horrible. I'm like Yay. then I'm like I made it. I'm one of you guys. I hope to be one of you guys. And then the next day it's like we got to remember all of the dead and we don't know where they are and we got to offer sacrifices for them. Mm-hmm. And this touches ho- close to home for all of us. I mean, all all of us have experienced loss and trauma and sadness. Um, so this is a pretty particular day where you know, you can go to mass and hear a requiem mass, right? Absolutely. I mean, you can, and you can remember everybody as relatives that have died or have heard of somebody that had relatives that died. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard of heard of people. Heard of them. I've heard of it. Everybody has had relatives that have died. Yeah. This is a good day to remember those, especially it's a remembrance of that requiem mass that you attended. Yeah. For for your relatives, um, it's a good vis- a time to visit the cemetery. That's right. How often do you go visit the cemetery of those who have gone before us? Well, uh, when I was growing up, I used to go on October thirty first, but that's a different story. Gotcha. Yeah, it wasn't really to visit the dead though. Okay. Yeah, it was mainly for Halloween activities. Okay. All right. No, but no, in, in, in true practice, though, this is a perfect opportunity to make a list of all the faithful departed that you can think of and bring that list with you to the Mass. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, listen, I'm, I'm not like, I'm not even close to the world's holiest guy or whatever, okay? There are a few lists of names of people that I remember at every Mass that I'm at. It's kind of part of my Mass post-communion prayer litany. Sure. But I'm leaving a lot of people out, Mm -hmm. okay? And I know that I am. I just can't possibly remember everybody. This is the day where you do remember everybody. There's a little reciprocity as well. I mean, people of historically of past time would pray for... Uh, their 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 generation, their, the the people that would come from them. This is a nice time when wow. they can't actually help themselves. Wow. For you to turn around and pray for them wow. who are helpless yeah. in purgatory. Yeah, pray for them. 
It, you, you, anything that that that's good that's happened in your life obviously has happened because God has given it to you. But there have been people who have come before you, much much earlier, who have yeah. prayed for you. That's right. That you maintain the faith. That's right. And and it may just be their prayers that are sustaining you. Mm-hmm. And you'll find that out. Yeah, you'll find that's that true. out in the end. Even but, just like the, the the whole concept of you know Mama prayed. You know, I mean. Yeah. If if you happen to be in that stage where your mother has prayed for you, pray for your mother. Pray take, for her. Yeah. Yes. Give her some. I mean, obviously you should every day, but yeah. you know, take a particular note of it on that day. Right. Um, and they're called the holy souls too that are in purgatory. The holy souls, because they're headed to heaven. Thanks be to God. Mm-hmm. They've got some purgation to go through before they get there. They got some attachments to burn off. But they're the holy souls because they're headed where we want to go. Right. Yeah. But we can ease their pain. We can ease their journey if we would give them some prayer, sacrifice, mm-hmm. and penance. Yeah. While they're up there. Right. So pray the rosary for them. You know, besides going to mass, pray the rosary for them at the cemetery. Yeah. Um, some people even sprinkle holy water on the tombstones or leave a votive candle mm-hmm. there and let it let it burn for mm-hmm. through the through the night. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's interesting. Uh, then there are also there's another prayer uh, called the Eternal Father prayer, uh, which is for the poor souls in purgatory, which okay. is a prayer I believe to uh, by Saint Gertrude. Praying f- oh. that releases, uh, if piously said under the right conditions, yeah, uh, without attachment this. to sin, frees one thousand souls from purgatory. Yeah, that's Im- that's incredible. Yeah, don't don't make a don't make a thing of it like it's something that's easy because there's conditions around that. Yeah, and and you have to fulfill those conditions to actually do it. But um, it, and it's very hard, right? Because you have to not have an attachment to sin, which is something that we might talk about in a, in a later um, sure. episode. Sure. But do you know who almost unfailingly can say them? Your children. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have innocent souls. Have them say them. Who can actually say the prayers. Man. And I, I remember as a little kid uh, remember, uh, that, that being told to me the first time, and my father made us memorize it, and we we prayed it every single time we passed the cemetery. And so every single time we passed the cemetery, we were driving on a road trip or whatever, whatnot, we would say the eternal father prayer. And you have, you know, I wouldn't be able to 12 children. There's 12 children saying the eternal father prayer and, you know, keep them focused on what it is that they're saying and that they realize the gravity of what they're about to do. That's but great. That is, that is something that is so powerful. I didn't realize that came from St. Gertrude. When, when that particular saint speaks... I sit up straight, okay? In class, yes, ma'am. <laughs> Present. <laughs> yes, right, exactly. It's an extremely powerful prayer. But wow. uh, so some other traditions besides doing these things, um, it's a matter of folklore or folk belief uh-huh. um, that often the souls of purgatory are allowed to roam on earth begging from those who can actually help in the church militant um, they, they are the part of the church suffering, yep. uh, but the church, asking the church militant to help them in their time of need. Lots of examples of this. Yeah. Um, e- even in some countries, uh, people will leave the front door open for the evening. Wow. Or they will, a- and or they will set a place at the dinner table and serve it with food, not the same way that the you know some Asian cultures do this yeah. for worshiping them, 
but to really impress on those there present, those who are missing. Because you, you know, that's one thing, right? If somebody has a full plate of food and they're missing from the table, you're like, hey, where did where did Joe go? Where did Mike go? I, I don't. Mm. Oh, mm. so you 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 notice that, and that's something to uh, rem- help help you remember this them on the on this this evening. That's or on great. this day. No, that's that's a fantastic tradition. You see that you see something similar to that at official. Um, military balls and dinners and mm. stuff. You'll you'll have the table for the missing in action. Uh, it'll have a black wow, tablecloth. It'll have a whole place setting. Uh, you might even say a prayer for the person because you don't know where they are, if they're mm. alive or dead. Sure. Uh, POWs, um, etc. And MIA. Um, so that that's that's got to come from our tradition. That's, that's a, that has to be where amazing. that comes from. It's amazing. It is amazing. I seem like this would be a good day to to review your own ancestry, your yes. own lineage. I mean, this is something that we talked about in a show in particular when we talked about the family book. Mm-hmm. Um, which, if you haven't seen that show, it's I think it's one of our best. It's certainly groundbreaking with respect to this. English-speaking audience, something mm-hmm. that's totally lost. We are unmoored from our own family history mm-hmm. and from our own ancestry. Um, ancestry.com does not count. Doesn't count. Right. Nope. Not a good substitute. So yeah. it seems like this would be an opportunity, Joe, to like kind of review your lineage and pray mm-hmm. for all of them. Right. Whether they're Catholic or not, send mm-hmm. them some prayers. Mm-hmm. Because at some point, most people in the English-speaking world are a derivative of a Catholic family. Mm-hmm. At some point, you could just have to go a certain number of generations back, and then you've you're okay. Yeah. Right. This this is this is For where most we're Catholic. cultures anyway. Yeah. 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 I mean, this was this was you know, we're all really Catholic at the end of the day. Um, in our lineage, we started um, in the in the Western tradition. We're at least in the Western tradition. In the Western yes. tradition, yes. right? Yeah. And the in the if if you're European blooded. Um, that's your deal. So it's, it's always, um, a fascinating thing for me to meditate upon which I, and I don't know the answer to this and I, and I know a fair amount about my lineage. I Mm -hmm. know, um, like a thousand years worth, Sure, but I don't know which, who was the first apostate. Mm. And there might've been some who, there might've been like, you know, reversions or conversions. It might've gone back and forth for all I know, bounce, Mm -hmm. bounce back and forth. But I wonder, I always wonder who was the first person in my lineage to uh, forsake the faith? Mm. To say, no, I, I choose, I choose the, uh, the, the divorced king. That's who I'm going to follow. Mm. I, I, I value divorce over the gospel, or, or whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but this is a good time to pray for all those people. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's, it's interesting on that particular point that uh, there's a professor at, I don't know. It seems it, I, I shouldn't be so. I don't know. I don't know how to say it. But he 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 seemed to take a very radical example of this. Okay. He often took to praying um, for Martin Luther that he would have uh, final perseverance. Okay. And just like all right. Uh, okay. I'm making and a like, face at so, you right now. Yes, exactly. And he was saying that he would have. But it's an interesting point, and it maybe it's a it's a very radical example. But it's 
just to your point of thinking back, yeah, that God lives outside of time in these prayers that we offer to God, that um, you could pray for somebody to do something. Wow. And it's a valid point. I mean, mm. it, 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 it is an interesting thing. Though that time has passed for us, that uh, prayers could be prayed for people that are going to do something. Wow. Well, that time has also passed for us here yes. in the show. This has been one of our best. I love this topic. I love this feast. If you have the courage to stand against the world and to avoid this peer pressure, this human respect, and take charge of your family, keep them safe on Halloween, turn it into All Hallowed Eve, then uh, you will be upholding one of the most endearing traditions. And as you said, one of the oldest traditions in the church. So God love you. Let's do that. Living the Faith Podcast. Brought to you by Restoring the Faith Media. Restoringthefaith.com